Hey everyone, it's Caitlin Malinowski, your host of the IAUG Insider Podcast. This week, we have a special guest host, my colleague, Mackenzie Evans. She is the Community Engagement Coordinator here at IAUG, and she had the opportunity to sit down with Angel Guillot, the Louisiana chapter leader, a new mother, and a woman in tech. Make sure you stay tuned and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the IAUG podcast. Uh, today's host is Mackenzie Evans. I am a community engagement coordinator here at IAUG headquarters, overseeing our chapter leadership programs, membership, and Avaya Engage conference. So I'm excited today to step in the world of the IAUG podcast and talk with a chapter leader that I work with on the reg. So we have Angel from the Louisiana chapter joining us. She's a fabulous volunteer, and we're eager to talk with her about kind of how things are changing in the landscape of IT. So welcome to the podcast. Hello. So how long have you been in the telecom industry? So I've been in telecom for four years um, and in my position here at Louisiana State University, um, all four years of that. So I went to, you know, the University of Tennessee. So we've got some SEC rivalry here, but that's okay. <laughs> That's so okay. how, how much IT work do you do in your day-to-day? Day-to-day, it's all telecom and IT. Um, specifically, if you wanted to break it out, if you did not consider old-school um, copper wiring telecom as part of IT, then it would be probably 60% more towards the VoIP and IT side and 40% of the copper So what kind of changes have you seen in your role since you started? Did those ratios used to differ? Did you, has one increased, one decreased? Yeah, so um, when I first started, LSU still had majority of lines that were analog and digital. And we really still do out of the 11,000 stations on campus, we probably still have a good 7,000 that are on copper, but we, um, in the four years I've been here, we've now started to only process voice over IP technology. We're not doing anything with the old analog and digital as a way of bringing it up to, you know, the modern um, platforms. So we've definitely shifted more from doing the old copper, probably 70-30 with um, the VoIP technology to now, probably closer um, 60% VoIP and 40% copper. Hmm. Do you see that continuing to change? I see that continuing where VoIP is eventually going to be probably 90% of what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because some people will still hang on to that old technology because they don't, they, they don't want to change or they don't, um, they don't want uh, maybe they don't have the, the necessary um, equipment to be able to change or something else keeps them from changing. Right. They may not have the capacity yet. Mm-hmm. When you talk with colleagues, do they do they seem to be kind of on the same pace as far as that ratio and changing? I feel like we hear a big mix of people kind of wearing multiple hats, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, here in Louisiana, I feel like 
it's a good mix. Um, you have some people that are all VoIP. You have some people that are not. You have some people that, I mean, it, it all depends on what platform they're using then um, where they're at with their budgeting and going into the newer equipment. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you believe you're soon going to be at that 90% voice over IP, working on that day to day, does that kind of change your focus when you're looking at uh, experiences like going to chapter meetings or if I engage kind of looking at what sessions or what continuing education you can get into? Absolutely. I always try to make sure I learn about something that's going to be relevant, because if it's not going to be relevant, even for the short term, then you're going to forget it likely before it's time to use it. So try to stay with what we're currently experiencing or maybe short-term forecasted to experience. So I'm curious, is this how you envisioned your role when you accepted your job at LSU? I mean, I had no idea really what to expect. Um, When I came over, I was very green. Um, I had never worked in telecom really not much in IT either. So um, I had no idea what I was expecting. I just knew it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up and that I needed to explore. And then um, I had an opportunity of learning things and growing within my role. And so, so far in the four years I've been here, the growth part and the education part, uh, I I anticipated that. but as far as knowing what to expect day to day, had not a clue. <laughs> not a clue. Love that. So if you kind of ended up in this role or weren't really sure what to expect, didn't have a lot of telecom experience, you know, how did you end up in this role or what led you to this? Um, so I was working at a job for the state that I was completely happy with. I loved what I did. I loved the people I worked with and um, was really comfortable there. And I was driving home from vacation one day and my cousin texted me and was like, hey, I see this. There's this opportunity. I think you'd be really good for it. And I was like, well, find out more information. Then we'll we'll talk about it. You know, Um, she got some more information. She found out, you know, some specific questions that I had. And it was just an opportunity that I could not pass up. Um, even though I was comfortable and I was leaving a a safe zone, Mm -hmm. um, as I like to have thought about it, you know, in a family that I had, this was something that I had to do. So, um, that's how I ended up in it and then just kind of, you know, grabbed it and ran with it, um, and learned as much as I could and just kind of embraced what I was doing to where I could be good at it. Right. Is that kind of what maintains that passion for your daily work is the fact that you're, you took a risk and it's paying off. Or I guess I'm curious where that passion comes from since you kind of stumbled into this a little bit. So working at LSU, I get to talk to a lot of different people every day Mm -hmm. um, and building relationships with those people and friendships with those people. So that's make it's helped to make the job remain fun. Um, and there's never a day where I do the same thing twice. So, I mean, even if, yes, it's the same old normal 
moves, adds, changes, etc. But I don't do the same thing every day. It's not just the same work. It's always something different. There's always, you know, have to go out on site and go look at something or it's another construction project or something to that effect where there's something different every day and I'll learn something new every day. Got it. So what is your role specifically and how do you work with your IT team? You say you love your team and you guys work really well together. Kind of explain that relationship. So my, um, my role, I'm a network communication specialist too. Um, I've been a, ranked a two for just over a year now. Um, working with the team though, we, um, we kind of all take different turns of leading as far as, you know, based on whose strengths, um, if somebody's got a strength of organizing a project, then that person typically leads the project. If somebody's got a strength in the technical side of it, that person usually leads the technical side of it. So we, we try to rely on everybody's strengths and pick up the person's weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody's weak on the administrative side, well then somebody that's stronger in administrative will pick that up for them. Or if somebody knows all the programming of it all, you know, we just basically try to fit our strengths and weaknesses together and pick each other up to where the whole team is very strong. That's really interesting. We've heard more and more of people starting to realize that including your IT team as a whole is very, very important um, and to not be siloed and to work together and to collaborate. So I, I love hearing that you guys are comfortable enough to look at your weaknesses and strengths. And I think there's a lot of people who probably are shaking their heads going, oh, wow, we really should be doing exactly what what she is sharing. So thank you for that. As far as where you see the industry going, I know we've talked about your role changing, but with the industry, do you how do you see the IT industry changing? Just either general, specifics? So... The industry, um, there's always going to be new technology released. So the industry is going to change with the products. They'll continue to become even more um, mobile centric and being able to move around and having everything at your fingertips. Um, With things like Alexa, um, there's also going to be more diving into that assistant. Um, And then as far as the classic telecom as we know it with old school copper cabling infrastructure, I mean, it's it's already been pretty much replaced with VoIP or with the mobile, um, like Equinox technologies and stuff. Um, so I, I think we're going to see that trend continue. And even those technologies are going to eventually be replaced um, with something newer, better, smaller. Um, and that's going to be how it's going to change. Mm-hmm. The, you said diving into the assistant. Are there, is that something that your team is looking at exploring specifically at LSU or just in general, you know, that's kind of where the industry is going? I I think that's Mm going to be in general. I believe that the industry is going to change um, and evolve and incorporate that more into the technologies available. Um, It's not going to be just an assistant for your home. It's going to be an assistant for everything you're just gonna be able to tell like you'll be able to tell your car hey car you know drive here and it'll go you know and um i think that's going to be more widely available right and that customization is important too where it feels personal you have a personal assistant it's not just a 
a random assistant. It's personal as well, which I think brings a different challenge. Right. So as is these new technologies come about and these new products come about, what do you do to continue your education in the workplace? So um, I'll read about whatever new technology we're um, looking at. I'll read about it, the, the basics. And then because I'm a kinetic learner, I... I like to get my hands on things, and that's going to be the way that I figure it out. Um, whether it's getting my hands on the actual product or getting my hands into the software to program it. Um, I'm not afraid to look at different settings. Um, just knowing that there's that back button that can bail me out. Um, you, you know, playing with what, if I change this setting to this, what's going to happen, you know, and then maybe not necessarily at that time hit submit, but hit that back button. That way I'm not messing with anything real time to, you know, mess something up, but at the same time I can learn what it's going to do. Um, and then if, um, if there's something I still don't understand, I can, you know, always use, you know, best friend Google till you find the answer or start reaching out to people that might know the answer um, and then go from there and try to learn. So I'm curious, um, we, you talked about our, our, the team changing, uh, continuing education. So specifically, as we're talking about the changing landscape of IT and things kind of diversifying and the telecom role kind of coming up under an umbrella of IT. Has that absorption of the telecom role into IT affected your daily work? And was there a moment in time where you kind of realized, oh, wow, things are, things are really changing? No, not really. Um, I mean, I guess because I'm still kind of new to it, um, it's always been this hybrid mm -hmm. between the copper and the VoIP for us. We just kind of have leaned a little bit more towards the VoIP side of it. Whereas some of my colleagues that have recently retired, they were only copper. And then they saw the VoIP industry coming along and then they were like, I don't know enough about this. I don't. And they just decided to go ahead and retire at that point. So um, I think maybe the change in technology um, either, I don't want to say scared them off, right. but was intimidating. Um, and they just decided, okay, I've, I've done my time. It's time to go and retire and enjoy life. And I can't right. say I blame them. So we definitely see that common theme, uh, you know, that balance between people's jobs changing and they're, if they're looking at potentially retiring in a few years, you know, are they starting to be self-encouraged to make that decision earlier because their role has changed so quickly? But then you have um, some other people, you know, different generations who want the change, they're demanding change. So it's kind of this interesting balance between, you know, making sure that everyone in the workplace is happy and fulfilled and sustained and kind of knowing where to bend. So it's interesting to see how it shapes out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want you to tell tell the group a little bit about uh, your new role or, or your expanding role as as a mother. You know, we're really honored to have so many wonderful women in our community. Um, a huge chunk of our chapter leaders, our volunteers, our committee members, and even our board members are women, which is absolutely wonderful. And um, we know that typically the industry is skewed more towards uh, men 
but we are seeing that uptick and more and more women getting involved. And it's really exciting to see uh, women take on these leadership roles. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you know, you are a local chapter leader for Louisiana um, and you're newer to this industry, but you're already self-identifying as a leader. And so I, I, I think that's just so wonderful and I commend you for doing that. And I would love if you shared a little bit about how kind of your life is changing as you're looking at work, volunteering, but then also caring for a newborn. Yeah, so um, I'll start with my experience as a woman working in technology. Um, Historically, the technical jobs were more of the man's job, and that's changed drastically just in the last 20 or 30 years. The amount of women in technology and then in leadership has skyrocketed, as we've seen with IAG. Um, And that's awesome. I mean, people are finally recognizing, hey, we can do this too. Um, We've proven, you know, not only we can do the work, we can do the administrative side. Yeah, that's always been the case. But now we can, um, we can understand and perform the work in the nuts and bolts of it all, if you will. Um, Here, personally for me, like I'm a small statured person and I sound like I'm 12 when I'm on the phone. So at first, um, I think, you know, when people talk to me, they maybe underestimated me a little bit. Um, maybe they thought I was a student on campus and not, um, one of the quote unquote adults. Um, and even though I was brand new to the industry, once I kind of had a little bit of knowledge under my belt, I just kind of did the, um, the fake it till you make it method and just kind of pretended like I knew what I was talking about until people were like, Oh, maybe she does know what she's talking about. Um, and it worked. And then that once they, um, kind of realized that I can, I can handle this and I can do this. And I, you know, I do know what I'm talking about once I really kind of learned what I was talking about too. Um, now a lot of people reach out to directly to me for assistance or guidance, or, you know, if they have a question about something. And I think a lot of building that relationship with people that I do work with outside of my direct group, I think that's what's really helped that along um, as well. And then adjusting to mom life. I mean, I think a stay-at-home mom has a a huge adjustment um, into the mom life world. Like, just, I mean, it's completely different. You've got this tiny human that's completely dependent on you for care and love and support and um, teaching them everything. And um, it's it's crazy. It's scary, but it's so rewarding. She's nine months old now, so she still can't tell me exactly what she needs, like in words. But, you know, that mama intuition picks up and, you know, I know exactly what she needs or what she wants, even if she can't verbalize it yet. So uh, in a way that I feel like some things within my career here in IT has helped me for that, just because some of the people we talk to, they don't know what they want either. Um, they know they need something, but they're not sure exactly how to word it. So, um, working with them to figure it out now, even if they still submit a request and it's not worded properly, usually I know exactly what they want. And that's just from, you know, kind of having worked with them and having that relationship. And it's kind of the same thing at home with the baby. I mean, um, just because, I. I 
I've been there every step of the way for her. So now I know like, oh, this grunt means she's getting hungry or this grunt means she's getting tired. This kind of cry is this, you know. So you kind of you kind of learn just different uh, people, different people's habits, I guess is the best way to put it. I love relating the unknown of people's requests to your baby girl's unknown request. I think a lot of people can identify with that. I mean, it's true though, because you deal with somebody who doesn't know IT and they're like, I don't know. I just need this to happen. And so that's whenever you rely on your knowledge and you can make whatever they need happen, even if they don't know how to tell you what they need. When you, um, when you missed Avaya Engage last year and had to kind of step away from the chapter and work, you know, of course you were doing something wonderful. You were having a beautiful baby girl, which is the most important thing in the world. But what were some thoughts or fears you had in, you know, did you have that kind of fear of missing out on learning or getting ahead or, you know, engaging with your team? Um, well, I missed all my friends that I made. Um, that was the biggest thing. I was, um, I was really looking forward to, after getting to know a bunch of the other chapter leaders and board members and stuff like that, I was really getting, looking forward to seeing everybody in Austin. And then whenever it came time to realize, oh, I won't be in Austin, it was kind of sad because I was like, man, I wanted to see everybody. But, um, I did make sure I was, I kept in touch with everybody while everybody was in Austin and told everybody, if you attend a good session, let me know so I can find out, you know, what the sessions uh, were, if I can find the notes or a recording or something to that effect. Um, that way I wouldn't miss out on it. And then my, uh, my coworker was sent by herself. She was brand new to the industry, didn't hardly know anybody in the Louisiana chapter, much less on the IAG level. So I was texting with her and a couple friends that we had made over the years. And I was like, y'all look out for my friend, my coworker and take care of her, make sure she knows what she's doing and, you know, get her to the good classes and et cetera. So that way she could feel kind of that same family feel that I had with some of my IAG friends. That's very nice of you. Well, we missed you, but we're we're glad that you and the baby are healthy and can't wait to see you this year. And we're excited, too, because we are working on bringing that women in tech and diversity in the workplace component to Avaya Engage as well. So, um, you know, we're doing an upcoming webinar series, but then we're going to bring it to life at Avaya Engage. So there are going to be some different networking components. And um, we're looking at a couple of sessions as well that are related to the women in tech. And so women can kind of get together and get to know each other more. So we're really excited about that. Um, I also think it's interesting, you know, earlier you were saying, that your cousin was the one who saw this job and thought of you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably a, a common theme I see with um, women as it relates to career changes or opportunities or maybe even volunteering or, or taking on a project role is sometimes we don't necessarily see ourselves until someone says, hey, you should look into this or you would be great at that. And I think people are starting to get to a point where maybe we are a little bit more thinking outside of the box or taking risks or having that confidence to do something a little bit different. Um, but I know over and over again, we, you know, we hear 
people saying they didn't think they could do something or didn't know they had it in them until someone encouraged them. And so I hope as women, we continue to do that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I mean, as a human, you should always be building other people up, not Mm -hmm. tearing them down, but especially um, as a woman in a technology field, you should be building up the other women in your field, not tearing them down or not trying to get one over on them um, just because it is important for us to stick together. I mean, it's, it is still a majority male field. So, you know, we're, we've got to all stick together and that's the only way we're going to, you know, really um, grow and succeed. You know, I find is if we stick together and encourage each other and communicate with each other and educate each other, you know, just, work work together with one another and i think that's really going to help you know being being comfortable asking for help i know i struggle with asking for help or admitting when i need help because i want to do it myself or act like i have it all together and and that kind of thing i don't want to be a burden to anybody else Mm -hmm. Um, realizing that we have to ask for help and i couldn't help but think of uh, we had another chapter leader who um, was pregnant last year and she, um, was so excited of course. And, you know, came to me and said, I'm going on maternity leave in a few months and I'm just nervous what's going to happen to my chapter. Cause I don't have any other kind of co-leaders to assist. And I was like, well, have we asked the group, like, do people understand the situation? You know, maybe they don't really realize or they just haven't thought about the fact that oh our chapter leader is pregnant she's eventually going to be on maternity leave we need to step up and make sure that the chapter continues to be successful and so we worked on a an email draft and we sent it out and we're just honest and we're like hey in order for this to continue to succeed we need people to step up and we had three awesome people come step up and they've been having meetings and it's been great. And so I just think that's a great example of, you know, not being afraid to ask for help and then seeing that it does pay in dividends, especially in this community. We've got a great community. Yes, we do. Well, we really appreciate you hanging out with us today on Joe. Um, I have one last question, actually two last questions before, before we wrap it up here that I think, I think everyone would be liked, would like to hear. So first of all, where do you currently see yourself in the Avaya customer journey? Um, So as an Avaya customer, I kind of see us as a small fish in a big pond. Uh, We're not their biggest or their most important customer. But that being said, every time we contact Avaya for assistance, they really do a great job of making you feel like your issue is important to them and they truly want to help. That's super important, especially with a large company like Avaya, to build those customer relationships because at the end of the day, that's what makes your business successful is keeping your customers happy, having that relationship. And they know um, when they call upon you that they can depend on you for assistance. So they do a really good job of that. Um, So even though you're the small fish in that big pond, you really, you still matter to them. Right. Great to hear. And lastly, why IUG? We're asking this question a lot. Um, trying to get the why behind why our organization is the best place to go if you're in the telecom industry and, of course, using a bioproduct. So what is your why when you think of why IUG? 
So when I attended my first IAG meeting, I was completely overwhelmed. I'd only been on board at LSU for about a month or so, and everybody that was at the meeting was talking way over my head. I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, I mean, if you remember earlier, I said that I had no IT experience prior to my job at LSU. So the next couple meetings, I was still overwhelmed, mostly still just listening and working on the networking aspect, making the connections with the fellow Avaya users. And, uh, you know, then we went to engage. My first engage was mind blowing. Um, we're in Vegas, completely overwhelmed. By day three, I was just like, I'm done. Information overload. Um, but I learned a lot. Then our chapter president, Slade, talked me into becoming a chapter leader. Um, we attended a, Engage New Orleans, and I had a better idea of what to expect, knew more of what I needed to do to have a successful conference, and made a lot of friends in the industry, both with other chapter leaders, board members, just other people at the conference, um, et cetera. And that's what IAG is all about, bringing the users together. And they really do an awesome, awesome job at it. Um, from Maryland, the president, to all of the staff, Mackenzie, you included, um, you know, just making sure everybody, you know, feels welcome is, you know, has an opportunity to meet people and, you know, different things that all go into the conference, all the sessions, all the keynotes, etc. cetera. Um, it's just really amazing. I mean, who would ever thought just a little small person from Louisiana would have people that she met from South Africa and Singapore? I mean, just wow, you know, and you meet those kind of people at IAG. Um, missed out on Austin because I just had my daughter about seven weeks before conference, so I couldn't go. But those same friends were texting me, telling me how much I was missing out or how much they missed me. And so there's pictures going from conference and then pictures of the baby going back and forth you know so it was it was a lot of you know a lot of fun and I really did miss everybody um but back to our local meetings now that I've had a few years under my belt I find I'm engaging more in the discussions asking the right questions and then as a chapter leader I'm also trying to find ideas to present to the users at the meetings to continue that education aspect. So that's why IAG is so important as a member. You have so many resources that you have access to and friendly people to reach out to so that you can ask, hey, have you ever seen this issue happen? Um, and you can build that relationship with your area of via representation as well. Right. And I'm sure that helps you be a great leader when you can remember what it was like to come to those first meetings or those first interactions and what it was like to be overwhelmed, because we do know that that's very common. There are plenty of people who are stepping into a role and they are overwhelmed and we want to be a place where they can kind of get mellowed out, if you will, <laughs> for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, but to kind of come back down and Absolutely. realize, okay, just one step in front of another and, you know, meet the right person or do, you know, just one thing here and there. And all of a sudden, you know, three years down the line, you're, now you're a leader. So it's a great success story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed getting to know Angel a little bit more. And uh, we have more to come kind of focusing on this theme of the changing landscape in IT, looking at diversity and how to manage teams and how technology is changing. Um, working with our women in technology, just a lot of great, a lot of great things in the works. So check out our webinars and podcasts coming up. 
and then make sure to attend by Engage to see these things in real life. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to hear more about women in tech, make sure you sign up for our IAUG technical webinar series titled The Landscape of IT. We have a women in tech-specific webinar happening on October 17th. This is a members-only benefit, so if you are not a member, make sure you sign up and join today. I'll see you next week. This podcast is written and recorded by me, Caitlin Malinowski, and produced and edited by Katie Norton.